0: to political prisoner radio my name is scotty reed broadcasting from behind the enemy lines known as usa inc riding shotgun with us of course is sister amija co-producer co-host on this program we talk about as the name would imply political prisoners uh we talk about them in a general context but specifically we speaking of uh those who are being held by usa inc the uh incorporate incorporated nation state known as USA. Um we do not have a guest for you tonight. We are going to work on um getting you more guests on this program. It's just a weekly program, but there's always plenty of information to share and so we will be doing that for the next hour. But if you have a question or a comment or perhaps you got a political prisoner event or update that needs to get out to, um, you know, our audience, give us a call, 641-715-3660. Again, that number is 641-715-3660. Hit the participant code, 549-032-pound, and it's star six and one to comment on air. Alright, so, tonight we want to talk about, um Eddie Africa Week is actually uh, starts tomorrow on the fifth. Um, we will be talking about Eddie Africa. Of course, he is one of the members of the political prisoners who were uh, part of the Africa family under the leadership of John Africa and uh, the Move Organization based in Philadelphia, PA. Uh, Eddie has a parole hearing coming up, and we have linked to the post where you can get more information um, to make some phone calls to the Pennsylvania parole board and uh ask for parole for Eddie Africa and we've done you know several programs over the year um it's always you know the same as we will talk about the corruption involved with these uh so-called parole boards and the conflicts of interest but they always find an excuse you know and we'll talk more about that but of course we still got to put that demand there you know you got to put that demand in request in or what not because if you don't you know they man it's it's like the person don't even exist um so yeah we'll talk about that um a Palestinian political prisoner there's a case update for I hope I'm pronouncing his name correct uh Amar Jabran um the A- Amar Gibran Defense Committee uh, recently got some uh, intelligence documents, trial documents, revealing severe human rights violations. Um, nothing new to those who listen to this network, um, the Black Talk Radio Network, as we're always talking about police terrorism. And, you know, that includes the military as well in the things that they have been doing in the so-called War on Terror uh, when they're not overthrowing sovereign secular nations like Libya, you know, they're torturing uh, Palestinians. So we'll talk about that case. Uh, no separate justice will hold a monthly vigil. That will be tomorrow from six, uh, at six PM Eastern at the Metropolitan Correctional Center, MCC. Uh, so we will discuss what's that or what that is all about. And of course, uh, political prisoner. Birthdays, and we want to start doing a political prisoner birthdays at the beginning of the show so that we don't run out of time, um, at towards the end. But first, let me, uh, go ahead and allow the co-host and co-producer to give her greetings, Sister Mija. Uh, greetings, Scotty. And, um, you know, I just wanted to say something, you know, real quick
1: about, um, the, the, and, and the flooding um, in South Carolina and other regions and, um, you know, uh, the, the hurricane was getting ready to hit um, Bermuda. Um, you know, like I said on my Facebook page earlier that, you know, I just want to encourage, you know, everyone to, you know, be prepared for uh, man-made as well as uh, natural disasters. And, you know, time and time again it's clear that, you know, the, the government doesn't care about us. Um, right.
0: So. And Maybe the people you usually, you we find out a lot of people are unprepared, which is uh, why I'm thankful that we got Tando Radio Show to come on Monday through Friday, 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. And, and that's basically the premise of the show. Of course, they talk about other things like, you know, financing, money, uh, the global system. But they also talk about uh, what's called prepping you know being prepared for emergencies and whatnot and they share practical uh information that you could use um i recommend a facebook page let me see if i could pull it up right quick because they share useful information i think it's mortal combat um and some i'll see if i could find that and i'll give it out later but yeah check out tando radio show they're also on facebook uh, follow them on Facebook and, uh, check the box again to get notifications. But they talk a lot about prepping because, you know, Hurricane Katrina, that was a big disaster and that could strike at any time because we're talking about nature, you know, and, and though some would say that, and I think the science would point to that, you know, uh, there is man-made pollution that is disturbing the atmosphere and uh, causing You know a lot of disturbances. I mean, what are your thoughts, Sister Misha? Um,
1: Yeah, I mean it's it's very well uh, documented that the U.S. government has been engaged in um, you know weather um, experimenting with the weather since uh, World War II, and you know um, there are things like here um, such as HARP, and uh, we have all this uh, fracking you know, taking place that's causing, you know, earthquakes across the country. And, you know, I mean, the system freely, you know, is admitting that um, there, are all these there are all these things happening to what some of, that, you know, there are all these things happening to, you know, Big Mama or, or Mother Earth that, um, you know, we're having such, you know, um, for I guess we can only describe as, you know, such raping, you know, to the planet of, of natural resources that, you know, um, these man-made and um, natural disasters are occurring. And even, you know, even with this, you know, Hurricane Wahine, they're talking about how it's such a rarity that is coming, you know, out of the Caribbean instead of uh, from the coast of West Africa. So, you know, these major inconsistencies we, we need to, um, you know, attention. understand all yeah. these things that are going on and, and, and to not just dismiss certain things as conspiracy theories. You know, it's, it's well documented. You know, even with uh, cloud seeding and uh things that you know we're seeing um sprayed into sprayed into the skies. Yeah, you know, chemtrails. to cause certain types of weather.
0: Yeah, chemtrails. Well it's no mm-hmm. secret the man is destroying um the environment. So right. but let's um Let's jump into uh, our first piece of information. Cause, right, because,
1: Scotty, I think that's important to discuss because, you know, that, that goes along with a lot of our, you know, political prisoners that, True. you know, are, are, you know, animal rights activists and eco-warriors and things, you know, just not even just in the United States but around the world. And, um, like, we've discussed, you know, in, in several shows previously that um, eco-warriors, environmentalists, you know, are, are being, you know, murdered across the world. You know, people that, you know, stand up and, and speak out, um, you know, regarding like this type of work. So, you know, it's not, it's not like we're talking about, you know, something that's totally outside of the box. You know, mm-hmm. we have, you know, people that, you know, are fighting these, these very, very same issues, you know? And are people doing the work in the community to assist with man-made and natural disasters, which, you know, on the flip end.
0: Yes, we have highlighted uh, several of those political prisoners on this program. I think some people went I guess maybe it's cause of um Black Talk Radio Network and they think perhaps we only focus on black liberation um political prisoners um but no, we focus on all political prisoners, you know. So, we have fo- um highlighted several uh cases of what you called I think you call them what eco warriors.
2: Mhm.
0: Yeah let's get let's go through the uh political prisoner uh birthday greetings Um I finally found out a way to say it without putting happy in front of it because believe me they are not in a happy place so that would be inappropriate to even say something that just only make sense to say happy birthday you know to a political prisoner all right because there ain't nothing happy about being enslaved I can tell you that um, but we do want to send birthday greetings to the following political prisoners. Some we have just talked about uh recently on the program. Uh Jamil Abdullah Alamine, formerly known as H. Rap Brown. It is his birthday today, um, uh, October the fourth. Uh then David Gilbert. Um his birthday is coming up on Tuesday, October the sixth. And let me see, Michael Davis Africa. We'll be talking about um his brother Eddie Africa coming up here shortly. Uh but Michael Davis Africa, he has a birthday on Tuesday as well, October the sixth. And then Malik Smith. Uh speaking of, you know, the hurricane, uh he's one of the mm-hmm. Virgin Island five. So what? you know, I'm sure his homeland is affected um uh, by this storm. But uh Malik Smith um, his birthday will be Thursday on October the 8th. And we have linked to uh, their profiles where they were available. We want to thank Denver, ABC dot for the work that they do on behalf of political prisoners. And we have linked to several profiles uh, that you will find there. So you can read up more about the individual political prisoners as well as, um, you know, the case cause uh, they may have co-defendants and whatnot, along with them so um you you um sister Media, you got anything to say about political prisoner birthdays
1: yeah actually i do um i just think that it's actually um you know interesting that you know we would highlight you know brother malik and there's actually the virgin island five Mm -hmm. um political (laughs) political prisoners that you know are fighting against Various, uh, you know, uh, the Virgin Islands being, um, still a colony. And, um, you know, during this Hurricane Joaquin, um, you know, uh, issue of, uh, you know, hitting Bermuda, I think it's important to mention that, you know, once again, we're dealing with a colonial situation where, you know, Bermuda is, is, is a British colony, you know, um, where, 70% of, of the island Of course you know are, are uh, African people and other people Of color and um, You know I think it's important to Always like you know tie All the various different you know Struggles together mm-hmm. um, As we speak um, So yeah there's still You know several island nations That you know are, are, are Colonies not just of the United States But you know as well as of, um, British colonies
0: Yeah, what did you think about old David Cameron? I actually covered this on Black Talk Radio News, but old David Cameron going to Jamaica and telling them, you know, you're not getting no, he basically saying you might well give up the ideal of reparations, but he really insulted. Um, I was insulted for him, even though I'm not Jamaican. I am an African descendant person. I'm an indigenous person. I'm a victim of racism and white supremacy. Um, so. Uh, David Cameron, who is the descendant of a slave trader, um, you know, person who was involved in human trafficking and got rich and whatnot. But he told them, he told them that we're bound together. You know, let's put the past behind us. We ain't got to forget about the past, but let's put those troubles behind us. We're friends. Uh, we are bound by a language. You know, we're bound by, by, you know citizenship we're bound by our queen and i'm like this dude is talking to african descendant victims you know what i'm saying and he talk, and it's like you're saying we're bound by the uh uh the inhumanity that was perpetrated ab- <laughs> against us by you we're bound by that you know and i'm we're supposed to be friends you know, if you, if you enslave me, we're going to be friends a, after it. It's over with. Just forget about it. Just move on. You know, we build a memorial or whatnot, but we're not going to uh, pay you any reparations. We're going to throw you a little, a couple of million pounds over here to build some roads and whatnot like that. But let's just put that, that reparation talk, you know, to the side because we're really brothers. We're friends. I mean, did you hear that crap?
1: yeah I saw that There are actually you know several different you know initiatives taking place you know through the Caribbean regarding um issues of uh, reparations and you know certain islands that you know have really stepped up um to 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 push, but I haven't really seen any um you know major you know significant um, outcomes of any alleged, you know, movements or pieces of legislation or, you know, um, I know there was talk of, you know, money and things at a certain point, but, you know, um, that that's all I've, you know, seen so far is just, you know, um, feel-good, um, you know, resolutions and things on paper.
0: Yeah. Nothing
1: legally binding.
0: Yeah, I think, what, Charlie Rango has authored a couple of bills that he's tried to put through congress but of course um no traction whatsoever so but then you know the only issue i have though with the reparations movement is you're asking for reparations passed when slavery was never abolished it was only amended and so all of these abuses that you also work on and you know like police terrorism what you call mass incarceration and, and just the, uh, and white supremacy is, is a continuation of slavery. So rep, you know, when you're talking about reparations, you're talking about for a past offense. The crime is still in commission. So it is still ongoing and, and the way I look at it, I don't know about, other people but i see them as still uh in 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 the act of committing crimes against people so you know it's not just reparations for what you did the great great grandpa but it's what you're doing to me now so yeah right hey and and before we move on to uh this first story and i do want to play a clip um to introduce people to uh the move organization um which uh eddie africa was part of uh, under the leadership of the assassinated John Africa, um, some news that I've been holding on to. I've been sitting on this news, Sister Mijo, for about three days now. Yeah, I think yeah, about three days is when I and it, it yeah, three days. So I sat on this three days and I finally published something today. I didn't publish an article or anything, but I just published it on my Facebook timeline. But the Department of Interior and, and I guess land management and, and all of that, um, have given the Native Hawaiian people an opportunity to vote, uh, for their independence It's basically vote to restore their Native Hawaiian government and, I'll just share a little bit about this. Cause this is monumental move, uh, news when you consider occupied people. Like we were just talking about Virgin Islands still being under occupation. Uh, Puerto Rico still under occupation. All right. I could go on name some other islands. American Samoa, Hawaii. All right. But it's well documented. The criminals, uh, working along with the United States Marines, uh, business, white businessmen. Uh, illegally overthrew the sovereign government of hawaii it's not like they just went there any of these other places they went to they had you think they came to north america and there was nothing here but a bunch of indians running around wild in the woods or living out on the plains but there were governments there were political systems religious systems th- there were actual nations here when Europeans arrived here. And the same goes for Hawaii. So this is from uh, MauiNews.com. It will be up to the native Hawaiian community to create its own government if it chooses to do so. The U.S. Department of the Interior said Tuesday. um, The department outlined a proposal that would establish a formal government-to-government relationship with the United States and native Hawaiians if they want such a relationship now that's a long way i got to do more research i got to reach out to some guests i've had some guests on from hawaii to talk about their independence movement and whatnot and and i've got to look more into this because you know they ain't talking about giving up them bases you know they ain't talking about paying taxes or paying restitution or reparations all right. The Dole family, you know, Dole, uh, uh, yeah, Dole, Dole pineapples, Dole sugar, all of that. The Dole family, Bob Dole ran for president. Uh, his, his wife, Elizabeth Dole was a senator from North Carolina. And so they owe a lot of money to the, to these people, but to have that opportunity to go and vote and, and regain your sovereignty is not a, a opportunity that comes around. Uh, very often. I mean, what are your thoughts, Sister Mitchell?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's it's important to highlight, you know, that <laughs> that whole history there of, you know, Dole, the United Fruit Company, you know, um, the Dallas Brothers, and the destabilization, you know, of Guatemala, and you know how all of that, you know, um, affects. Um you know the community and um you know the 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 dole actually united fruit Company you know evolved into you know dole, which a lot of people don't know so i'm I'm glad that you you know brought that
0: up, and I'm sure there are some Hawaiian political prisoners, and I can't recall if we've ever talked about any, but I'm gonna tell you why I know. That they are political prisoners because I was part of that occupying force, uh, uh, as a young man, uh, still not come into consciousness, uh, but on my way and I was, um, stationed in Hawaii on the, uh, island of Oahu for three years. That's where I met my ex-wife. All right. And so, um, I had, let me just put it this way. I was a young soldier, got drunk one day, didn't show up on time to formation the next morning. Okay. And uh, they were really worried about me. And they, you were talking about the PLO. And I was like, the PLO, this ain't the Middle East. What are you talking about some PLO? And they were talking about the Polynesian Liberation Organization. So I know that there has always been a, a well, always, people are going to resist and there's a resistance movement that has always uh lived in in the islands of, of Hawaii but again you know this is a historic opportunity and you would think that this would be headline news you know I should be seeing several stories about this in my Google news feed but I only found out about it cuz I follow uh this organi- organization of native hawaiians who who post on facebook you know, and that's how I found out about it. So, but it's an associated press article. So I'm mm-hmm. like, you know, I, I would at least expect Fox News to be on there saying, look at Obama. First, he gonna change the name of Mount McKinley to the indigenous name and now he giving Hawaii back to the Hawaiians. See, he, he's, he's destroying the country, you know, but, um, this is a historic opportunity for the oppressed people of Hawaii to take their country back so, I um,
1: Scotty I think it's also important to note when you look at data and um, statistics um, you know we talk about you know mass incarceration like our, our main focus you know is mm-hmm. political prisoners and then you know Max um, you know he talks about you know mass incarceration um, it's, 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 it's a big you know issue it's a big topic you know in the community that we discuss. And um mass incarceration is a major issue on the island, you know, and it's not surprising to find out that, you know, the dominant, you know, population um, of, you know, Hawaiians would also, you know, be under, you know, oppressive, you know, um, incarceral-type um, behaviors as well. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, and that's that's well documented as the, you know, um, same, you know, white supremacist um now you know, oppression on the island
0: now again and, they and it
1: just being you know the whole white touristy mm-hmm. you know um mentality and uh thievery, you know of the land um that's always been you know a major you know tourist attraction, which is you know when you think about it it's it's really disgusting,
0: yes, it is, it is, and the Japanese are. Uh, um, are also involved with a lot of them golf courses and most of Waikiki, you know, uh, the main, one of the major strips on the island of Oahu. And so Japanese involved in colonizing them as well. Um, so, but there are some Hawaiian political prisoners. And as I stated, uh, Paula, I found a couple of articles, but y'all could, uh, look them up. I can't find a list, but I'm gonna have to start reaching out more to them. Um, but there are, um, you can check out hawaii-nation.org. Uh, they're talking, there's one article they got published, double standard for U.S. political prisoners. And, uh, they talk about the history of their island being illegally overthrown by the, uh, corporate sugar bearings and, uh, whatnot. And the U.S. Senate in 1993 formally apologized for it, for the atrocity. Um, in 1994 native hawaiians declared independence and wrote their own constitution oh hell so it ain't like you know uh mr white supremacy coming and saying well we just gonna give y'all the opportunity to do they had already declared their their independence and wrote their own constitution and um so I, i mean i'm happy for them i am happy for them um so yeah uh, let me see if there's anything else uh, before we move on in the program. Yeah, I wanted to say this though. There could be some some um indigenous Hawaiians who may be afraid and and want to be like, yeah, we just want to stay on the plantation. You know, the, the U.S. mass have been good to me. You know, I ain't got to worry about where I'm gonna get my next meal. Even though if you be go to that island, there's extreme poverty on that island. The uh, cost of living is is sky high okay so it's a lot of poverty there um but it but um I was thinking though cuz see like my ex-wife when I had told her about this system mejo about what a month or so ago um we were talking and I had told her, oh yeah, you know, I heard about, I saw this uh thing on Facebook where these uh Native Hawaiians was demonstrating for their independence and whatnot, and she was like, but we need the United States to protect us, she talking about the military, you know, you got the Navy there, you got Army bases there, you got the Air Force bases there and just totally dependent and, you know, and I got to thinking, I'm like, there's a whole lot of minds like that, you know, Uh, here in the United States Uh, you know that's why I don't refer to myself as an African American because I view African Americans as having that type of Stockholm Syndrome mentality that they would like you know so afraid of what life would be uh, like without the oppressor's boot on your neck and telling you what to do and and how to do it then you know you rather have that than to be free and independent so uh, it's still a chance that they could vote to remain part of the union. So uh, who knows? But I, I do know she's not unique. And at one point, I might have even felt that way. Uh, certainly when I was part of the occupying force in, in that country, I might have felt that way. You know, but, um, yeah, we, we have to cure ourselves of that mental illness, that Stockholm syndrome, where we feel like, you know, we need USA, Inc., and we don't want to dissolve the corporation and start something brand new, so um, any final thoughts on that before we take our first break and move on to our stories?
1: yeah, I mean, I think thats and you highlighted something you know extremely important, Scotty, that you know a lot of people don't understand you know or even view at a certain point that the United States is in fact a corporation you know it is in fact you know uh nothing but that. And you know, full of you know uh, colonizers, and you know, just because folks have been here, you know, for a couple hundred years, you know, doesn't doesn't make this land, you know, belong yes, um, exactly. to certain people. And I think it's always important, you know, to 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 highlight that, you know, and people, you know, understanding, you know, international law. And understanding you know just the whole history of this country because if they don't understand that then you know that's just the basic underlying you know principles of you know our political prisoners and the people that we talk about you know um because everybody you know is fighting against uh, this uh, oppressive you know white supremacist white supremacist terrorist settler regime so you know without understanding that they the average person couldn't possibly understand you know uh why we fight so vigorously and and why we you know work so hard with this media project to educate the community about our political prisoners
0: right all right, so we're going to, we reached the halfway point of the program. Again, if you have any quick comments or questions, because this program's only an hour long, give us a call, 641-715-3660. The participant code is 549 32 For those already dialed in, just hit star six and one. That'll signal me. We'll get your comments on air. All right, so uh you're listening to Political Prisoner Radio. We broadcast every Sunday evening at nine o'clock p.m. Eastern time. Oh, just network news in case you were looking for time for awakening radio earlier today. Um, brother Elliot has some equipment problems. Um, it's actually his hard drive crashed on him. And, um, so he thought he was going to be able to recover today. And he was not on air today, so I imagine that's what it is. But I can't imagine him being off the air for another week. So I do expect them to be back next Sunday. So if you was looking to tune in to them um on this day, October the fourth, that's why they were not on air. Immediately following uh political prisoner radio is the Lotus Place and they have a special guest tonight. They have Denise LaSalle. Uh, Queen of the Blues and President and Founder of the National Association for Preservation of Blues. So you're listening to Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Ron
1: Hayes with Hood
2: News and you're listening to the Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned.
3: This Elliot Booker, host of Time for an Awakening Radio on the Black Talk Radio Network. Speaking in behalf of Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser, since 2008, the Black Talk Media Project, which has created Black Talk Radio Network, has engaged in producing original content from a black perspective for the global black community. You can help us continue this mission and help us even more. By giving donations to the Black Talk Media Project's 2015 fundraiser and asking others to do so also, let us work together to make 2015 a stronger year for independent black media. Again, this is Elliot Booker of Time for Awakening Radio Program on the Black Talk Radio
0: Network. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network for live programming schedules. Visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com and welcome back to political prisoner radio again this is scotty and sister amigel uh with you tonight and i want to play this um the seven minute clip about the move organization uh the justice and accountability campaign issued a message concerning the upcoming parole hearing for brother eddie africa and again as i stated at the beginning of the program he is among the political prisoners uh, known as the move nine of course um some of them have passed on or transitioned, uh, so it's no longer nine. And, and again, that's why it's so imperative that people work hard uh to free them, because that's what they're trying to do with our political prisoners, is just let them just die in jail, die in prison. Wasn't it Brother Phil Africa we lost recently? Yeah. Yeah, Brother Phil Africa. So, uh Eddie Africa's coming up for parole again, and we need those uh, phone calls to be made, but be since you know a lot of people don't ever hear about political prisoners obviously they're not going to know these names and they don't know any other stories and so we try to share some of the backstory with you um but move was such a revolutionary uh organization i remember i was thinking as you were talking earlier about eco warriors and you know people who believe in animal rights and whatnot well move was considered one of the very first animal rights organizations and and back to the earth and, and environmental groups right. so right so let's check out um, this clip and we will uh, come in If back the city the does try side. to
3: come in here and get you out, what are you going to do? We're going to do what's necessary, man. What is that? But first, understand why he's coming in here. Right. What are you going to do? All right. We're going to do what's necessary. What is that? The strategy of John Africa. What is that? Our only defense. What is that? The strategy of John Africa. No, you aren't telling me anything. You're just saying the hey, strategy. I wouldn't of John tell Africa. my strategy to you. <laughs> <laughs> man, what do, you, do, you them, do you expect them to come in?
2: The confrontation in Philadelphia between MOVE and the Rizzo administration forces was frozen in photographs and splashed across the press of the nation. Pictured was surrendering MOVE member, Delbert Africa, being beat and kicked by four policemen. Moments earlier, Officer James Ramp was shot dead. Fourth largest in the country, Philadelphia, is a city whose black population has tripled since the Second World War. In the wake of the civil unrest of the 60s, then police commissioner Frank Rizzo ran for mayor on a law and order platform and won. The year Rizzo took office in 1972 was the same year that the MOVE organization comprised of the family Africa began to mobilize. MOVE demonstrated against police stations, school board officials, and public figures such as Jane Fonda, Jesse Jackson, and a variety of others who would, in their words, mislead the people with misinformation, offering only the problem and not a solution.
3: Completely disrupted the meeting. And I, and, and, and Jane Fonda and Tom Hayden walked out and I walked out. And, and most of us walked out. The
2: media has called MOVE a back-to-nature group of radicals, the human species at its lowest form, and finally wrote, the word MOVE means nothing at all. In response to the press, Delbert Africa wrote, MOVE means what it says, MOVE, get active, change, revolution. Listen to what John Africa writes! This is a quote from me! The MOVE organization is a powerful family of revolutionaries. Fixed oh, yes. in principle, nice strong in cohesion. Nice Study as the foundation of a massive tree.
3: Long live John Africa.
2: <laughs> MOVE says John Africa is our founder and goes by no other name. The media has identified John Africa as Vincent Leapart, a third grade dropout and handyman who lived in an area of Philadelphia known as Powhatan Village. That man didn't even complete elementary school. He can neither read nor write. About education. But his wisdom surpasses any man's walk on the face of this earth. He's got all answers for everything. Every question you could ask, he got the answer for it. This is what John Atherton gave us. And we tell anybody, if you say you got it, you better be right. Spring of 1975, some of MOVE's Powerton Village neighbors complained to the city of threats, the smell of garbage and rats. City officials announced plans to coordinate a health and housing inspection. MOVE refused to let them in. Year after year, MOVE's encounter with the police ended in injuries and arrest. By 1975, MOVE members had been arrested hundreds of times, with bail amounting close to $1 million. They reacted by strengthening their religious discipline and securing their homes from intrusion. Court, they represented each other. In jail, they went on hunger strikes. On each side, the charges mounted. MOVE accused the city of systematic persecution and violence, resulting in two stillbirths and the death of an infant crushed in a police attack. The city charged MOVE, with everything short of larceny and murder climaxing with a plot to obtain nuclear weapons. On May 20th, 1977, Mu brandished weapons from their Powhatan Village headquarters platform saying no longer will we be beaten or intimidated by the police without a like response.
3: It's because we know the psychological effect that it has on the cops. Them cops was thinking about their individual lives. That's why we had guns. We knew that reason had to come to us if you wanted to make arrests. So the guns was used to narrow down the arrest.
2: From that day on, constant police surveillance which lasted a year, surrounded the MOVE compound, costing the city millions of dollars. MOVE sparked a significant amount of community support by speaking out on police abuse. Many demonstrations were held as hundreds of people rallied to MOVE's defense. Early March of the following year, Rizzo announced that if MOVE did not leave their headquarters, the city would erect the blockade so tight even a fly wouldn't be able to get in. On March 16, 1978, a blockade went up involving 1,000 police officers. That night, Rizzo launched a campaign urging armed whites to fight blacks for better jobs, decent housing, and a better life. The day before, he announced that he would drop his bid for a third term as mayor. During the next 55 days, residents of the barricaded area carried passbooks and were subject to body checks. Police marksmen set in windows and behind sandbags across the street. No food or water was permitted to enter the MOVE compound. On May 9th, MOVE surrendered its weapons and allowed the city to search their home. In the form of a court order, the city gave Move 90 days to Move. August 2nd, 1978, the 90 days were up and Move had not left their headquarters. Ain't
3: no deadline as far as the teachings of John Africa go. This is our house. We're going to always be here. we will never recognize no deadline set by no sadistic goon like Rizzo.
2: MOVE, its supporters, the media, and police waited and prepared themselves for the confrontation as a judge issued warrants against 21 MOVE members for violating the original court order.
3: petition and accompanying long affidavits, long and upon mention long. of Sheldon A. Albert, city solicitor, attorney for the plaintiff, p- petitioner, a rule is hereby granted upon Janet Holloway, Consuela Dotson, Janine Africa, Charles Sims,
0: Every time you civilized maniac murderers, Merle Austin, Alberto Wicker, Sharon Penn, Dale, Debbie Sims, Dennis right? Sims, Frank yeah. James, Philip yeah. Smith, yeah. Delvin Orr, you Carlos Perez, Ronda Ward, right Debbie Zelba Sims, Michael Davis, legal Raymond when Chester, Robert Moses, Sue Leon, Conrad murder, We ain't gonna give it
3: to you. Come on with it. Yeah, Occupying or residing the premises, 307, 309 North 33rd Street, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, you're to, you're calls to, about, to like show cause for attachments were a contempt of court. The court. You see us right here. You see the court right here, man? You're Why saying? should we go to court to give some kind of sanction to this so-called legal, so-called legal murder? Is it going to stop him from killing us? We've been going to court for six years and Rizzo's still talking about bringing his bullshit to our door talking about bringing his Gestapo troops in our home talking about law and order He's been talking about murder at the same time talking about he gonna call uh, concern for kids while steadily arming them SWAT troops them fat filthy cops up there with machine guns and all other kind of death dealing merchandise and talking about he concerned about somebody this man is talking about killing somebody over a so-called civil contempt of court since when has death been the uh, penalty for contempt of court We say, you know, don't look at move is crazy.
0: Look at your boss is crazy. We talk, we got somebody that's talking. All right. So, uh, that's the end of that clip. And, um, it's like several parts to it. If you want to continue to watch it, of course, I have linked to it. It's right there on, uh, YouTube. So that's just some background on the move organization. And of course we did a show earlier this year, as we do every year, uh, about the move bombing. Uh, where the racist city of Philadelphia uh was Rizzo um Sister Media was Rizzo the mayor at the time or he was the police chief at the time when it when they right. bombed Osage Avenue right Right
1: so he was a police chief and then he became the mayor
0: Right and the FBI right. um supplied them the uh Philadelphia police with the bomb that they dropped from the helicopter, the C-4 explosives on the roof of their house and, and killed John what? Africa and, and what, nine, uh, how, how many other people? Uh, Eleven
1: men women and children and an um, uh, unknown number of, uh, you know, animals. Pets, yeah.
0: Right. Well, they wouldn't refer to them as pets, but, uh, yeah. Right. So. Um,
1: and then, of course, you know, we we know, even though, you know, it's difficult to talk about it. We know that um, you know, as the family was coming out of the house, they were also um, being shot at and and forced back into um, the. Building. Yeah, when the house
0: was burning down and they were trying to escape. Yeah, so right. again, all the language that the Moon members was using, calling them the Gestapo and the goon squad, and and you know, Rizzo was an openly racist, man you know in in philadelphia at that time you and this is what i'll be trying to tell people today you know there is no new movement there has always been a continuous movement against police terrorism and violence and and, and these colonizers and like he said we what's being said today you know since when was jaywalking or walking in the street a uh, crime that you could execute somebody over since when you know many of the things that that people are being killed today for in these streets by the police terrorists you know uh um it's crazy it's crazy and it's just a continuation of the violence. And, uh, continuation of the resistance. So, you know, ain't none of this new. Nothing started with the killing of Trayvon Martin. Nothing started with the killing of Michael Brown. No, it, it, it started a long, long time ago, centuries ago. In fact, you are just a part of that continuous, uh, movement of resistance. And so Eddie, um, Eddie.
1: Right. And, and I'm yeah. glad you brought that up, Scotty, because the beating of Delbert, Africa, caught on video is actually one of, I would probably say, one of the earliest beatings. Certainly you know, that before. was in the 70s. Yes, yeah, certainly before. You know, where before we're literally, Robbie you know, seeing, you know, the beating live on television, you know, splashed across the media, you know. Um, so it's not like, you know, Cop Watch and certain other things, you know, are, are, are not brand new
0: you know um this is not you know a new thing as you said you know just the you know continuum so um i have linked to the move nine parole dot com post uh eddie africa solidarity week sometime this month our brother eddie africa will be making yet another appearance before the pennsylvania parole board although an official date has not been given to eddie yet it can be Any given day without any advance notice last year, prison officials told Eddie the morning of his hearing that he was having his hearing as they did Delbert Africa this past year and informed Debbie Africa the night before her hearing that she was having a hearing, leaving the three of them with no time to prepare for their hearings. This is being done for two reasons. The parole board already has their decision made in regards to parole for move members prior to their hearing and are trying to look quote unquote fair by appearing they are going through the proper steps in the eyes of the public. Two, they do this rushed and quietly and try to work around the eyes of people watching these hearings who are protesting in the interest of the moon nine being paroled from prison and so like you mentioned they have been locked up since the nineteen what seventies or eighties
1: right
0: yeah so um they-
1: nineteen seventy eight
0: yeah so they've been locked up a very very long time and every time they come up for parole it's always being denied and we the last time i think we reported on this we were talking about how even the prison officials were recommending them you know staff members of the prison the warden even recommending them for parole but yet when you stack a parole board with former cops and whatnot and 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 their cronies then you know the like it has been written. They already got their minds made up, but that's still not an excuse for us to put a tremendous demand on them to uh, practice justice instead of injustice. You have any right. final thoughts uh, before I move quickly to our next story? Sister Major? Um, I mean, yeah. I just, you know, wanted to, you
1: know, encourage um you know the listeners to you know write a letter you know on on behalf of um eddie and um upcoming um parole hearing and they can find you know our our information uh, eddie's information you know on our page as well as um you know um the the pages that uh the Mo family operates and supporters as well as uh the Jericho
0: movement um, dot .org. Yeah, I shared one of their Facebook po- posts uh from I think it was uh it was one one of their family members but he shared a post and I shared that to Political Prisoner Radio uh, the week you know uh Eddie africa week and it has all the parole board telephone numbers and fax numbers and all the information you need so that's political prisoner radio on facebook plus i have posts i have linked i'm sorry i have links so if you're listening to this on a podcast later or whatnot i have linked to it so uh plenty of ways for you to get the information that you need uh let me share this quick information about in the case of palestinian political prisoner Amr jabran um a portion of a statement that was put out on their behalf says members of the Ammar Jaman Jibran defense campaign have recently received trial documents revealing severe human rights violations at every stage in the arrest, trial, and sentencing of Omar Jibran and his co defendants. Most importantly, the documents show that the defendants were forced to sign prefabricated confessions under torture from agents of the General Intelligence Directive. Uh, directorate all right so you can read um about more about that uh at their website and let me give you that website name right quick that is free that's free a m e r free dot uh let me see no separate justice this is occurring in new york um, no Separate Justice will hold a monthly vigil on October the 5th, 2015, starting at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time at the Metropolitan Correctional Center or the MCC, which is located at 150 Park Row, New York, New York. Uh, they ask that people please join the No Separate Justice campaign and witness against torture for a vigil outside the Metropolitan Correctional Uh Center the event will have presentations by organizers, advocates, and attorneys addressing abuses in the United States domestic and overseas detention facilities. And they focus a lot on uh the Guantanamo um victims down there in Guantanamo Bay, Cuba. And I was happy to read that the Cuban government um said again this second time they've said it that to normalize relationships with Cuba they're going to have to shut down Guantanamo Bay and return that that land to uh is to the people of Cuba and so otherwise get the hell out of Cuba all right so um did you have any final thoughts that you wanted to share Sister, I do
1: I think it's important you know for our listeners To know you know why You know we've chosen you know To highlight the case of you know Brother Jabir Because You know it's it's important You know for us you know In the United States to have you know International you know perspective And when we talk about you know Political prisoners you know We have allies all around the world you know, and, uh, the organizations, you know, that, that I work with, that I've been a part of, you know, we have connections, you know, uh, across the world, um, with, with allies, um, so it's, 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 it's important that, you know, we, we highlight, um, our, our international allies as we, you know, struggle to, to, together.
0: Most certainly. And again, the political prisoners that, I most closely identify with um you know them being, you know, for black liberation. Um again, Black Panther Party had chapters all around the world and they had one in Palestine. And they have all way in political prisoners today have global support, you know. So yeah, most certainly. All right, so we come to the end of the broadcast again, uh the lotus place is coming up here they have a special
1: I'm sorry I didn't mean to cut you off I just have one more thing that I wanted oh, to mention oh, yeah. um, one of our um, key allies in um, doing um, movement work and uh, solidarity um, with Cuba um, the organization um, Interreligious Foundation for Community Organization um, Pastors for Peace or uh, commonly known as IFCO mm-hmm. um, is, is being threatened um, by the IRS. Mm. And um, I think it's important that that we mention this because, um, you know, IFCO, um, you know, plays a key role in being able to um, facilitate sending, um, you know, uh, people of color to go study
0: um, right, on the too. island mm-hmm. to
1: study medicine for free. Mm-hmm. As well as uh holding, We've had the morning's um, guests,
0: um a couple of their uh, staff members have been on.
1: Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just wanted to uh read something very quick. Sure. It says uh more than five years after the IRS initiated efforts to strip um IFCO of its status as a nonprofit organization, we have learned that the IRS Appeals Office plans to uphold the revenue agents recommendation to revoke our five oh one C three status. The key reason that the IRS is moving forward to revoke our tax exempt status is because of our longstanding commitment to act accordingly to the biblical concerns for the less fortunate and those who are victims of injustices set forth years ago by our founder, Reverend Lucius Walker, in his pastoral call in response to the Cuban embargo. The focus of our work to deliver humanitarian aid to the children of Cuba without regard to the U.S. government licensing rules as those governmental rules cannot impede the expression of our faith. Indeed, our faith and humanity demand that we provide a cup of cold water, Matthew twenty five thirty five, to our brothers and sisters in need. To be clear, the Office of Foreign Access Controls, which has the responsibility for administering the rules on contact with Cuba, has taken no action against us. Further, the IRS is unilaterally assuming the authority determines whether a violation of the Trade with the Enemy Act has occurred, even though it has no authority or expertise in the rules, and to take punitive action as a result. The IRS has continued to attack uh, their attack on IFCO, despite the fact that our work as a faith-based organization is rooted in our commitment to stand with the people of Cuba, who for more than 54 years have endured a relentless blockade, preventing them from receiving food, medicine, and other vital supplies. Um, importantly, the IRS enforcement action uh, flies in the face of the provision of the, 19 the 2014 IRS Appropriations Act that prohibits the IRS from targeting U.S. citizens from the exercise of First Amendment rights, including the exercise of their religious beliefs, and the Religious Freedom Restoration Act that restores the exercise of religion may only be burdened by the federal government um, by the least restrictive means available to achieve a compelling government interest. If the IRS imposes a revocation of charitable status, the burden on the expression of religious belief by the members of IFCO would be substantial. Ironically, um, the policy has a practice of permitting our humanitarian assistance to be delivered to Cuba, a practice that clearly comports with both the letter and the spirit of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act. It is all the more striking that the U.S. government would renew its attack on IFCO on the heels of the historic visit of Pope Francis, who pled for the nations of the world to work together on behalf of the human family and significant moves of both the Obama and Castro administration to, to normalize relations. We are asking you, our supporters, to denounce the IRS attack on IFCO, one of the nation's oldest faith-based civil rights organizations and first and medical foundation founded by and for people of color. Time is of the essence. We must act quickly. Um, we'll post um, information about how um, supporters can um, learn more about. The charitable work of, of ISCO, one of our major allies, has been uh, very supportive of our, um, political prisoners. Um, so please look out for that information and I'll respond accordingly.
0: Alright, and you will post it, uh, soon to Political Prisoner Radio Facebook page, right? Yes. Okay, thank you. Alright, um for, coming up at 10 should be the lotus place radio show but i don't see the host uh dialed in so we will uh still in our program here and um y'all can stay tuned we'll play some music or whatnot uh we don't know what's going on i just saw them log in so yes the lotus place will be coming on uh Here in just a bit. So y'all uh stay tuned for that. They have a special guest coming on and we will be back next Sunday with another episode of Political Prisoner Radio. And remember, we have linked to all the stories that we have shared with you tonight um also uh write our political prisoners we posted the uh information how do you write uh those political prisoners who we sent birthday greetings to out over the airways uh yeah, write them and let you know let them know you appreciate you know uh their sacrifice all right, we will be back on air next week until then, peace and blessings,
3: dear friends from the black talk radio network. This is Nestor Garcia uh, speaking from Havana, Cuba and what I want to tell you is that you have all our solidarity on your fight for the several political prisoners that have been held by the U.S. government our comrades and we will fight for the social, political, and human rights of the masses in your country, and we are ready to help you in all the ways we can. So count on us for all your campaign and for all the things you want to do, for the freedom of your people and the freedom of the political prisoners